We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. G'day, Live Point. Welcome to our Boxing Day service. It's great to be with you today. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas Day yesterday. If you're watching on Christmas Day or through the Christmas at Live Point show, this is the very seat that I sat in when I shared my story as part of the video. And at the beginning of the video, I took this really big sigh, like this. And I think that sigh represented the sense of being overwhelmed that many of us have experienced this past year. And it's not just from tiredness. I think it's a, a heaviness of soul. We've reached the end of the year and it's just a heaviness, a burden on our souls. We live in a season of history where we should all be the happiest we've ever been by the pandemic. We've got all the resources we need. We've got the travel opportunities. We've got life experiences, spare cash, uh, there's so many things that should be making us happy. But I don't think that's reality. I think it's the opposite. We actually all carry, not all of us, but many of us carry a heaviness of soul that infiltrates and affects many aspects of our day-to-day -day living. We shouldn't be surprised that we're not the first generation that's felt that. Way back in the Psalms, the psalm writers felt a heaviness of soul. This is what the psalmist writes in Psalm 42. It says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Do you know what it feels like? Do you know what I mean when I talk about a heaviness of soul? This low-level sadness of emotion that you carry that steals your peace, steals your joy. I think there's three reasons why you and I might carry a heaviness of soul. I think we carry a heaviness of soul because of hurts from the past. Somewhere along the line, we've been wounded. Jeremiah illustrated it like this in Lamentations. He says, I remember my afflictions and my wanderings. The bitterness and the gall, I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. You know that past experience where a friend lied or betrayed you? Or a spouse let you down? Or you prayed and prayed and prayed and you didn't get what you want? Where instead of jumping in and giving something a go, you miss the opportunity and you live in regret. All these past hurts and experiences that now live within our heads and our hearts and it gives us a heaviness of soul. So there's past hurt, but there's also trouble in the present. You know, there's things that happen now that revolve around uh, things that give us anxiety situations where we're in it and we go, well, I didn't expect that. This is not where I thought I would be. This is not the financial place I thought we would be. This is not the relational place I thought we would be. This is not part of my five-year plan. This is not how it's supposed to work out. Job was certainly that kind of person. In Job chapter 4, he says this, but now trouble comes to you and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. 
I think a lot of us are in that. And this pandemic stuff, this is not where I expected to be. This is not how I expected to be living this season of my life. This is not how it was meant to work out. So pain of the past, troubles in the present, but also anxiety about the future. Anxiety about the future is all the what ifs. What if it doesn't work out? What if I don't get a job? What if the test results are bad? What if we can't work it out? What if they don't come back? What if things don't work out? What if the kids don't make the exam marks that that they hope to? What if they don't get into university? What if? And all those worrying and anxieties about the what ifs weigh heavy on our spirit and our soul. One of the things that I love about Scripture and about Jesus is that he understood what it was to live in our reality. Pain from the past, troubles in the present, even what-ifs of the future. And they actually documented in Scripture one of those powerful experiences where Jesus had that heaviness of soul. Remember when he was in the garden? He's taken a few of his closest disciples up with him in the garden. He's about to go to the cross. He leaves them behind. He goes a little bit further on. He falls onto his knees and he spends time praying to his father. That's what it says in Mark chapter 14. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus gets where you are. He gets what it is to experience pain from the past. He knows what it is to be betrayed by a friend, to have people turn on him. He knows what it is to have trouble in the present. He was in the midst of it. And he knows what it is also to have anxiety about the future. He didn't know everything. It's only what his father revealed to him. Sometimes he didn't know what was around the corner. And here, right here in the garden, the overwhelming sense of concern and fear about the present and the future overwhelms him to the point of death. Jesus gets where you're at right now. So as we head into 2022, do you want to carry the heaviness of soul with you into 2022? Because once we turn that calendar page from the 31st of December to the 1st of January, it doesn't automatically disappear. It doesn't automatically dissipate. You're hurt from the past. Your troubles in the present and your fears of the future are all still there. That doesn't change. What can change is how you navigate them. So let me just give you a couple of ideas of how you and I might be able to navigate those three things that can bring peace to the heaviness of heart to experience. First one, when you're tempted to look back at the hurt from the past, stop recalibrate and instead remember the faithfulness of God. 
If you remember the book of Jeremiah, it was often called the prophet of doom or the weeping prophet because the calling that Jeremiah had to Israel was one of the worst callings God could have given anyone. Israel is at an ebb at one of the low points of its story. In fact, God's about to take them into captivity into Babylon. But he sends Jeremiah into Judah to let them know that God is just up to here with them. And if they don't pull their socks up, it's all over Red Rover. That's why he's called the prophet of doom. So he's going into Judah saying, it's all over. Pull your socks up. God's not happy. What do you think? That was a great message. People weren't impressed. And on top of that, God made him do some stupid antics to illustrate what God was going to do. And it just made him look like a fool. So Jeremiah was so isolated from his own people. He had a horrible, terrible life. And this is what Jeremiah writes in Lamentations. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. That's what happens when I think about the past. My soul is downcast. And then he says this, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Okay, shifts gear. I can choose to live in the past and remember that. Or I can choose to stop and recalibrate. And this is what he recalibrates to. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for his compassions never fail. The new every morning, great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. He is so excited that there's a remnant. He's so excited that God has not just obliterated Israel and Judah off the face of the planet. They're still alive. Even though they're in captivity, they're still alive. And so all he does is he stops and he remembers God's faithfulness in the past. You brought us across the Jordan River. You brought us out of Egypt. You took us across the Red Sea. You provided in the desert. You looked after us then. If you can look after us then, you can look after us now. Things look bleak. And in fact, in this moment, Jeremiah is probably in ropes around his hand, chains around his ankle, and he's been led out of the city to Babylon into captivity. Like things couldn't get worse for him. But in that moment where things can't look any worse, he says, I'm going to remember God's faithfulness. I'm going to remember, no matter how bleak things get right now, God is still king over all this stuff. And as he remembers God's faithfulness, his spirit begins to rise. His soul begins to find a new level of peace and joy. So if you want to lift the heaviness of soul you have, start by remembering God's faithfulness in the past, because if he can do it then, He can do it now in your circumstances. So in your moment right now where you've got a heaviness of the soul, stop and recalibrate. What has God done in the past that he can do again in your present? So that's one thing. Second thing, cry out. Sometimes I think the concerns that I have in my life God's way too busy with other things to worry about my stuff. I mean, let's be honest. He's keeping planets in orbit. He's got to worry about dictators and uh, out-of-line leaders all around the world. Why would he be interested in my stuff? Mine's small compared to what he's got to do. But I love this. Psalm 42, he says this. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell my 
trouble. I love that word complaint because in the Hebrew, it's actually the word babble. You know when a kid comes to you crying and they're crying so much that you can't actually understand what they're saying? That's that word. And the psalmist says, there are moments where I go to God and I just babble. I'm surprised God can even understand what I'm saying. Have you ever stopped in a moment of vulnerability and babbled before God? Just cried out in desperation. I've shared with you before, that's what I used to do in Sydney when I went up to the farm at Little Hartley. Go up in the paddock, put out my chair, build my fire, make a cup of tea, and then I'd just start to babble. Only the cows can hear me and my dog. That was it. I'd throw rocks. I'd throw sticks. I'd get angry. I'd yell. Sometimes I'd just yell till my throat was sore because I was so angry. I was so upset. I was so confused. And I would just cry sometimes, just babble. I remember tears coming down my face as I stood in the paddock with the dog and the cows. I just babbled and just let it all out as I cried out to God, all the stuff that was going on in my heart and my spirit that just I was wrestling with. And then inevitably, inevitably, when there was nothing else to babble about, I'd sit down in my chair, I'd get my Bible out and I'd open it up and God would speak to me. He'd whisper to me in my very circumstances that I was babbling about. Sometimes if you want to hear from God and you want Him to speak into your heaviness of soul, it starts with crying out to Him. It starts with just letting it all out, putting it all on the table. However you do that, whatever space you do that, wherever you go for that, out in the waves, out in the bush, in your dungeon, in your house where no one can hear you, whatever it is, just spend time crying out to God and letting Him know what's going on. He's got broad enough shoulders. The planets will take care of themselves. He wants to hear what's going on in you. And in the process, your soul will begin to lift as God speaks into that. So remember his faithfulness. Cry out to God. One more thing. Recall the true reality. So remember King Hezekiah. He took over from his father Ahaz. Ahaz had introduced a whole range of worship of idols and foreign gods uh, under um, the Assyrians. And so they were, they were a vassal state, the Assyrians. Well, Hezekiah takes over from his dad and he gets rid of all these gods, all these foreign gods, and he reintroduces worship of Yahweh. Well, the Assyrians aren't happy at all. So the Assyrians come and they surround Jerusalem. So there's Hezekiah... And the people of God inside Jerusalem, and there's literally hundreds of thousands of Assyrians surrounding Jerusalem. And it looked bad. Uh, and when you're besieged in the city, and those people outside the city can last as long as they want. But you're the ones that are going to run out of food and water in the city. So things don't look good at all for Hezekiah in Jerusalem. And this is what Hezekiah says in 2 Chronicles. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria, 
and the vast army with him, for there is a greater power with us than with them. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said, be strong and courageous. So there's two possible realities. There's the one that the people see with their eyes as they look over the, over the wall. Or there's the one that Hezekiah is seeing with his spirit. And the one that Hezekiah is seeing with his spirit is far more powerful than the one that the people are seeing with their eyes. And that night, an angel of God came through and wiped out 185,000 of these Syrian men. And the rest of them fled, went, disappeared. The Bible tells us that the one who is in us, the Holy Spirit, is more powerful than the one that's in the world. If you want to allow the heaviness of your soul to lift, what are your eyes seeing? Are they seeing the flesh or are you seeing through the eyes of the Holy Spirit? Are you allowing that to overwhelm you or the Holy Spirit to inspire you about what he's capable of, about what God's capable of? So three things. Remember the faithfulness of God in the past. Be honest and vulnerable and cry out. And then thirdly, what is the reality? What are you seeing? Well, as I said, in a couple of days, it's going to go from 31st of December to 1st of January. And the odds are not much will change. We'll still be wearing masks, still be wondering about Anastasia and what she's going to do. We'll still be navigating the pandemic and all the concerns we have of day-to-day life. But it doesn't mean you have to have a heaviness of soul. That's your choice. And it's my choice. It's all about our perspective. It's all about what we think about. It's all about who we choose to believe is in charge. Well, all the best. Have a great and safe New Year's and we'll see you on the other side.